Hey there, friend, and welcome to the Self Love for Breakfast podcast, where we have honest conversations about health, wellness, self-care, and of course, self-love with amazing women who aren't afraid to give it to us straight. Real life, real advice, and no BS. I'm your host, Crystal Rose, and today I'm serving self-love for breakfast. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Self-Love for Breakfast podcast. I'm your host, Crystal Rose. So excited you are here today because I have an amazing guest. She's actually a repeat guest. Uh, Her name is Dr. Jill Blakeway. She is a doctor of acupuncture and Chinese medicine. She is a licensed and board certified acupuncturist, a clinical herbalist, and she's been practicing practicing, energy healing for over 20 years. She founded the Yanova Center, which is in New York City, and she acts as the clinic director. She's always been passionate about helping women achieve a healthy pregnancy, and she has been described as a fertility goddess. She's written several books, um, one of which includes energy medicine, which is what she was on the podcast for last time. And she just has so, so many things on her credentials, like just such an amazing guest. I am so happy you're here today. Dr. Jill Blakeway, welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you, Crystal. It's lovely to be back on your show. Thank you for inviting me back. Yeah. So we're going to, we're going to go through the, the goals of gratitude and badassery real fast so we can see kind of what's changed. What's, what's happened for you. So right now, what's your current goal? My current goal is to actually expand on that material we talked about last time when I wrote um, Energy Medicine, as you know, because you've read the book, Crystal, mm-hmm. I went on quite a journey and I learned that we are all connected through biofields, that we have um, uh, every little cell has a field around it of information, every organ has a field, and you have a field, and in fact, the earth has a field, it's like fractals, there are fields within fields, and so I'm working on looking at how those fields create a matrix of connection that we live in um, and how that can be measured scientifically. So I'm talking to people like quantum cell biologists who I didn't even know existed, <laughs> but look at the physics of cells um, and, and explain how we communicate, how every cell knows where it is and what it is and what it's supposed to do and how our biofields create a blueprint for health that our body is constantly calibrating towards, um, which is how when you were an embryo, you knew how to grow. Um, uh, I mean, um, it's extraordinary, seeing as we're talking about fertility today, to think that an embryo grows into a perfect little baby. Um, It has a blueprint. It's a form of intelligence. It has a consciousness, and it's moving towards that blueprint. And more and more, we understand, scientists understand, that your blueprint is electromagnetic. And embryos, for example, actually create themselves electromagnetically. And you can see video of um, animal embryos with sort of lightning going across their face, which is that communication. So I'm looking at the subtle ways that we're in collaboration with each other. And that's kind of my latest project. I mean, fascinating, fascinating. Um, if you guys haven't picked heard of the book or picked up the book, it's called Energy Medicine. Um, and it is absolutely incredible. I've read it um, and I recommended it to a lot of people. Um, and it's just, it's so amazing how, how magical 
this world really is. And there's just so much uh, science to back that magic, I guess you could say. <laughs> so gratitude. Yes, there, there is. Yeah. Science is becoming increasingly magical. <laughs> yeah, it really is. And, and um, physicists particularly have much to share with us. And I'm um, madly researching to try and understand what it is they're, they're discovering, but um, it's very cool. And um, uh, what they are discovering is that we are connected in ways we didn't know. Yes. Um, uh, and um, I even interviewed a psychoneuroimmunologist, a PhD psychoneuroimmunologist, who started to talk to me about the biofields of karma. Mm. And what we do, the decisions we make, um, are out in the matrix of energy we live in, which in ancient Chinese philosophy was called the Tao. Um, and they stay there and um, they are starting to be able to measure um, off the fields we create with our thoughts and our emotions, which is really fun. That is so crazy. It's so crazy. And not to like go off on a tangent, but you know, <laughs> the fact that we are all connected because um, I've been doing a lot of like one-on-one -on -one coaching or coaching with a group and there's a group field and, yeah. and I can, I can change my own energy subtly and then the people I'm with can feel it. And it's yeah. amazing. It's crazy, but there's actual scientific backing of why that happens. Yes. And we've all <laughs> experienced it. Like if you walk into a room where there's been an argument, even if the mm. argument is still going on, you can feel it in the air. Yeah. Yes. And that is you picking up information from a very active field around you. Um, yeah. that we didn't used to know existed, but now we do. I love it. So good. Ah, all right. Gratitude. What are you grateful for? <laughs> I'm grateful for, um, I'm grateful for my community. It's been, you know, we had to close Yenova during the lockdown. Um, uh, we have three centers in New York, but our team remained for the most part intact. Um, and um, we, we were very adaptable. We, we all worked from home and we created lots of new um, um, products and offerings that are now in the pipeline. And I, I was actually just in a meeting before talking to you, Crystal, with one of my team members. And we were just talking about how much fun it is to collaborate, how much better we are when we bounce ideas off each other. We were writing some copy together on Zoom and a shared Google Doc. Yeah. <laughs> I'm grateful for the team at Unova um, and my family and my sort of immediate community who have kept me going through, uh, uh, you know, what has been a difficult time for all of us. Yeah. Yeah. I love collaboration. So good. It is yes. so good. Yes. It I, brings out the best, good collaboration. Yes. <laughs> it brings out the best in us. And yeah. you start to have ideas that you wouldn't have had if someone else hadn't sparked them off. I'm a big believer in it. You know, the, um, you know, whatever we create, we do it as a team and we all collaborate. And, you know, someone has an amazing idea at some point <laughs> and then we all yeah. spark off. I love yeah. it. Yeah. And badassery. So something you've done recently that you're really proud of, or you think is badass. I mean, you have a list <laughs> a mile well, long. I never really think of myself as badass. <laughs> you <But>, are. <laughs> um, I, I do think that um, I've, I've run, you know, for over 20 years and I've run, you know, through recessions and, you know, Hurricane Sandy when we, we actually treated our patients without light and electricity and we still treat your patients um and so you know i've i've experienced the sort of ups and downs of running a business um but this particular time has been challenging 
Mm. And I'm proud of, I don't know whether it makes me personally badass, but the Unova team have been pretty badass. They went back to work. Um, we, we operated safely. Um, we, you know, we used personal protective equipment and mm. uh, took care of our patients. And I think the patients were pretty badass. The minute we were back open, they all came back in. And New Yorkers are kind of badass, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on and came in on the subway with the hand sanitizer and we've operated safely in difficult conditions and mm. I think we've been um you know kind of we've been badass as a team we we rolled up our sleeves and I always tell the team this and I do believe this it's actually been very good for us because we've been looking outward at a time when a lot of people have been stuck at home mm. and left with their own thoughts and there's something very healthy about continuing to help people and continue to look outwards that I think has been very good for our um, mental health and our emotional wellness as as a team. I'm I'm grateful for the opportunity to spend my days listening to other people's problems and helping to solve them rather than just being stuck in my head. Yes, yeah. It's so it when you when you're helping other humans and you're giving of yourself and and you're of service, it's it's just so fulfilling and it just always comes back in one way or the other. I love it. It is. I I started my career in a hospice. um, And so none of my patients were going to live, sadly. And it made me, I was an acupuncturist, a junior acupuncturist Mm -hmm. in a hospice right at the beginning of my career. But what it gave me was an understanding that being of service is where it's at. Do you see what I mean? And I always tell people, if you want to get your ego out of the practice of medicine, practicing in a hospice is the place Mm -hmm. to do it. Because you can't, you know, you're not going to save anyone, but you can be of extraordinary service to people. It's a very intense and complex point in their transition and their life. And that is deeply, deeply fulfilling. And so um, I think being genuinely of service and having an open heart is um, key to um, uh, obviously a society that's coherent and cohesive, but also to your own kind of mental wellness. It, It gets you outside of your own little bubble. I like, I like how you say that though, about, about the ego, because like it's very obvious in that sort of setting in hospice that like you can't save anyone. Right. Um, and it's not so obvious, but true in, in coaching and as a healer that you cannot save anyone, but you can guide, um, and aid others in their own healing. Um, but we don't, we don't always see it like that because it's not so imminent, I guess, as in, in that hospice setting where it's yes. just, it's in your face. <laughs> I'm like, this yes, is- it is. It, I mean, you, it, I sort of needed that right at the beginning of my career to realize, oh, I'm not going to go up and down. It's not about me. It's right. just not about me. I can show up with my toolbox and my skill set, and I can offer them. I can't solve everything to this day. Right. <laughs> But I can I can show up with a full heart and um, you know all my experience and all my skills and offer that to people and then they can take what they need and um, you know I I don't feel particularly controlling about that yeah. I, I often teach this to younger staff members you know people people have free will and they can uh, and we need to respect that and we offer information and people will take we can trust people to take what they need right. and that's fine. Absolutely. Yes, totally agree. So let's talk, let's dive into um, fertility because do you feel like this is something, I feel like I hear about this all the time. I feel like I hear about um, people having fertility issues, fertility journeys, 
um, you know, trouble conceiving all the time now. And I don't know if it's just because I'm older um, and now all everyone, all of my peers are either, you know, attempting to have children or having children, um, or if it's something that's just running a little bit more rampant. What do you, what do you think about that? Well, I don't know. I think to a certain extent, we may hear more of it. You are of the age. Right. <laughs> so may, you know, there have always been um, people who struggle to get pregnant. It's not quite as easy as you might think. And everybody knows someone, of course, who got pregnant on the first try. Oh, yeah. But, um, oh, yeah. <laughs> my, my sister that is, is like. And that's why um, uh, gynecologists, when you go to them um, and you've been trying for three months, tell you if you're under 35 to wait a year because it takes some time Mm. for everything to line up. Um, So I think that's part of it. And I think people communicate, there's less shame around fertility journeys now. So I think, which is a very good thing. So I think people are communicating more about it and talking about it and seeking support from other people on social media and things like that, which I think is very healthy. Um, So I think that's part of it. And also people are leaving it um, later to have children, which Mm. means that uh, conceiving is slower. And a lot of the reason for that is economic. I think uh, a lot of my patients have been waiting until they were at a stable point in their lives and um, career stability has got um, less attainable. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one of the things that worries me as an employer. I, I, I employ people with proper jobs with benefits, but I'm yeah. a rarity now. You know, this is the gig economy. And so people are cobbling it together and, you know, holding down two or three jobs and not getting benefits and things like that. And all of that factors into the decision of having a baby. I mean, it's very expensive to have a baby if you don't have healthcare benefits. Yeah. Um, and unattainable. So I think people are leaving it later, waiting to have some stability. And that's a a bigger societal problem to fix, which I do hope we will fix, because I've watched that get worse and worse and worse in my lifetime. Mm. Um, uh, But I think that is also part of it. And then if you're trying to conceive in your late 30s, it's entirely possible, but it's a little more difficult. And so um, for some people, and so it requires just a bit more work and precision and that kind of thing, which is where I come in, of course, and the Yadova team, what we do. (laughs) Yeah. And so, and so you are all about um, fertility, like fertility treatments in a natural way, correct? Not, not going straight to the, cause I see a lot of that. Um, you know, people are talking about their fertility issues and they go straight to the, um, I don't even know what the word for it is. Assisted with the synthetic techniques. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> um, Crystal, it's, it is true. Back in 2009, which is a long time ago now, I wrote a book with a doctor, um, a reproductive endocrinologist, which is a fertility doctor called Making Babies. Mm. And um, one of the things we wrote in that book was that um, uh, a lot of people could conceive naturally. We weren't against assisted reproductive techniques. He's, right. a, he, he's a reproductive endocrinologist. But we realized that a lot of people had quite simple problems and nobody was very invested in solving them because um, selling them this technology right. was I, I mean, I don't want to sound cynical because uh, all the fertility doctors I know are lovely, but it's it, it's what they know how to do. It's what they're doing every day is IVF and things like that. And it's also very profitable. And so nobody was invested in getting to the root of people's problems. And so Dr. David and I, when we wrote the book, wrote a whole chapter about 
you know, you may not need IVF. And if you don't, then you shouldn't do it. Let's help you conceive as naturally as possible for you is how we put it. And some people need IVF and there are beautiful human beings on the planet because of IVF. It's a great technology. But I'll give you an example, Crystal. Dr. David and I had a patient um, when we were writing the book who had been told by a fertility doctor that unless she did IVF, she had a 2% chance of conceiving, which sounds awful. Mm. And she was rightly very panicked. And she came to both of us for a second opinion. And we both found something different. Um, He found that she had a little infection that was getting in the way of implantation. He put her on antibiotics. And I found that she didn't have the correct fertile cervical mucus at ovulation. And um, we corrected those two things and she conceived naturally. She had a little boy mm-hmm. and um, uh, uh, nobody was very invested in digging and finding those things right. out. But they were her only two barriers to getting pregnant naturally and solving them was a lot cheaper and less complicated and right. less draining than, uh, than going through IVF. And so we made the point that it's worth doing a little bit of digging as to why you're not getting pregnant. And um, in making babies, we gave people a lot of information on what to look for, the reasons why people don't get pregnant. And we also split people up into five broad categories so that we could offer tailored advice because, of mm. course, a one-size-fits-all solution. You would think so the way everybody goes to IVF, but IVF doesn't have that high a success rate. Right. I mean, I've seen some really heartbreaking journeys, um, you know, through going through IVF. So, yeah. So digging a little deeper before you start and making sure that everything is okay um, uh, is, is, uh, is what we recommend. And then some people need IVF and knowing when to transition to that kind of treatment, Yeah, is, you know, something we can give people support with. Yeah. I just want to speak to that because so I've been on a health journey and nothing to do with fertility. Um, but I've been on a health journey the last six months and I have seen so many women, um, you know, with similar symptoms, I was fatigued and just like, you know, I'm crawling into bed at 3 PM. My cycle was off all this stuff. And, and I've been sharing this online. Um, and, and I went to a holistic doctor rather than going to a Western medical doctor. And, and I de- that was really because I've seen so many horror stories of women going and, and saying what their symptoms are. And they're either told to lose weight or just get more sleep and like reduce stress. And it's like, yeah, okay. But like, there's something going on and I know my body and I know there's something going on. So what I learned through this process is just how complex we are as humans. And we have so many systems, you know, like my gut health um, was affecting things like my sleep and, you know, adrenals and all of these things. And so I can see from, you know, a fertility perspective that, um, and, and I'm a super healthy person. And this was like very shocking to me, you know, I like work out, I eat well and all of that. And so to know that there were things going on in my body that could have been, that were easily corrected with the right supplementation and, and, you know, treatment and all of that Um, from a natural perspective that I think the average person may not realize that there are things going on in our bodies that maybe not aren't quite uh, functioning as they should. And so I can totally see, you know, that in the fertility perspective, that maybe there's something off there that could be corrected rather than jumping straight to IVF. I always, I mean, I always tell the patients, whole people get pregnant. (laughs) And I enjoy Western medicine hugely. And um, I collaborate with doctors all the time. That's why I wrote a book with a doctor. Right. 
uh, and here's what I love about Western medicine is its diagnostic precision. I think that, uh, but in order to achieve that, they tend to split people up into systems. Mm. And um, so I think we work very well together. Chinese medicine is a, a holistic way of looking at the body. We look for patterns of disharmony. And what we're really looking at, Crystal, is we're looking at your body has a consciousness. It has a kind of intelligence. Um, that's what we call qi or energy. It's really your body's intelligence. And it's the part of you that is just quietly working in the background, calibrating your thyroid and digesting lunch and mm. coordinating between different organ systems. Um, and every cell is communicating with the cells around it. it. Every organ system is communicating with other organ systems. And that sometimes gets missed um, uh, in the very precise uh, Western medical approach. So if, when people come to see us, what becomes a relief for them is we go back to seeing them as a whole person and right. how it all interrelates. And I always joke that I've solved more fertility problems by sorting out people's digestion. <laughs> yeah. about anything else, you can imagine that if you're not, if your digestive system isn't taking nutrition properly, then uh, it affects your hormones and hormones are in a very fine feedback balance. And the other thing I think is really useful about Chinese medicine in, in particular is what we do is kind of subtle, but mm. our subtlety is deeply our strength because say hormones, if you give people synthetic hormones, they're in such a finely calibrated feedback system that you knock another hormone out. Right. Um, uh, and so you end up with more imbalance a lot of the time. But with Chinese herbs, say we're very gently um, drawing people's reproductive hormones back into balance in a way mm -hmm. that doesn't cause further side effects. And that makes us a very important part of people's journey, I think. And so they need their reproductive endocrinologists to take a very precise view of sure. their ovaries and their reproductive hormones and their uterine lining. And then someone like me who takes a more um, whole view of how those um, parts of the body are supported by other parts of the body and where that communication is going awry. And that's our job. It's it's my job. And I love it, actually, because it's like being a detective. Yeah. Right. I, I ask <laughs> enormous amounts of questions. And then mm -hmm. I sit and map how it's all working together for people and come up with a treatment plan for them that corrects the whole pattern rather than just some symptoms. Right. Like you're not just um, rubbing essential oils on them and being like, here you go. <laughs> <laughs> Although essential oils are lovely and massage is great. Um, no, I'm, I'm coming up with a treatment program for people right. and it's very collaborative, you know, because um, our, our motto at Unova is take your health in hand. I think a fertility journey can feel very disempowering. And so what I like to do is help people make small changes, a bit like you do when you're coaching mm -hmm. towards this aim. And when yeah. I see someone for, say, a virtual coaching, fertility coaching session, um, at the beginning, I set some goals. Obviously, um, if they're a fertility patient, their long-term goal is to have a healthy baby, yeah? But um, we measure our efficacy by meeting certain goals along the way. And so I send the patient a follow-up letter and we with a list of short-term goals, and then we work towards them. And if we're not achieving them, we adapt. Um, I adapt the herbs I'm doing, they may adapt their diet, um, but I give them a way of measuring progress. Otherwise, when you're trying to get pregnant, right. you don't know if you're getting better until you get pregnant. Yeah? Right. Um, 
but actually people start to show more coherence, their body working together. And so an example of a short-term goal might be no PMS, yeah? Mm -hmm. Uh, PMS is a little hormonal uh, disorder, which when people's progesterone drops, uh, they have a little bit of unopposed estrogen and they end up with some minor estrogen dominance at the end of their cycle, breast tenderness, um, irritability, a kind of feeling like being a pressure cooker, tightness, you know, muscle mm. tightness, that kind of thing. And so we might set that as a short-term goal and we'll know then that we're making progress. Yeah, it's so important. And in any and anything, right? Like coaching and health and all of that, like having those short-term goals, because when you're only looking at the finish line, it can feel so far away, so disheartening. And just like you said, it's either like, do we have a baby or do we not? <laughs> like that's it, yes. right? Oh, um, I don't, I'm feeling. Milestones along the way. Yeah. yeah. And um, we identify them and, you know, and that way the patient too can see that they're making progress. I don't want people to waste money. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, Thing is, I want it to be as effective as possible and make as much change as possible. So it's important for me to measure our efficacy, but it's important for the patient too to be able to see, oh, yeah, I used to have horrible menstrual cramps. Now I don't. I used to have a short cycle and now mm. it's 28 days. And that, and those progress. Yeah, that's yeah, progress. those Yeah, the progress is like that. Like you said, that's so empowering because they they are doing something. They are participating in, in that healing process. And they're getting closer to their bigger goal while meeting those smaller ones. And that, that has to feel amazing to just know that you are on the right path without, instead of just being in the dark until you get pregnant yes. or you don't. <laughs> yes. Is any of this working? Right. I yeah. Um, and so we, we, and it helps me too. If I, if I really um, chart people's symptoms and measure progress, I know when to change my treatment because people aren't right. static, they change. So I know when to change my treatment principles and what herbs I'm prescribing and make different sort of fine tuning suggestions about lifestyle. You know, someone may be exercising just a little too much. Mm. You start to be able to tell and they have a slightly longer cycle because they're under-resourced and you just pull it back a little it's very subtle you know um yeah. maybe not aerobic exercise seven days a week but possibly four and yeah seven yeah seven's a lot yeah. and, and it's interesting you say that too because like there are a lot of um people in the fitness space that listen to this podcast and um you know it's very interesting I don't think people understand that you know high intensity has an effect on your hormones uh, and that's something I personally have kind of scaled back on. I used to love doing CrossFit and there's nothing wrong with CrossFit. It's great. But a lot of the time people will just like drive themselves into the dirt um, doing this. And, and really it's just not great for your hormones. I always tell the patients that your menstrual cycle, and you mentioned this when you got out of balance, your periods mm. got out of balance. Yeah. Menstrual cycle is a very good measure of your internal health, actually. So if you're exercising to the point where you're not getting a period or your cycles are really, really long, it's, you know, it takes a long time for you to ovulate kind of thing, then um, that, is, that is your body speaking to you. And you don't, it's not an all or nothing proposition. You can just scale back until your body is able to have a, you know, regular cycle again. Yeah. Uh, 
It's the same actually with weight. I am um, in New York. I, I treat a lot of people with amenorrhea because they are mm. very strict dieters indeed. And, um, you know, society puts a lot of pressure on women. We come in different shapes and sizes. And yet, you know, if we're not careful, we get corralled into being a, a certain shape. And a lot of my patients are extraordinarily disciplined about mm. what they trying to stay at a weight that may be unrealistic for them and the way we know is because they're not getting their period right and that might be a realistic weight for someone else we're all different um but the the signal your body is giving you is literally saying um you know your body from an evolutionary perspective is prepared to um uh limit your fertility in times of war and famine you know that So that less people are born. That's a sort of evolutionary um, tactic on the part of the human race. And we fake war and famine really successfully in modern society. With dieting. Dieting. (laughs) And we're very anxious and stressy. And we go from crisis to crisis without being able to come back to ourselves. We don't get enough downtime. And the way you can tell is that your body slows down. You ovulate less regularly or not at all. And the the fix is simple, not necessarily easy, but simple, mm-hmm. which is, you know, to put on a little bit of healthy weight is what I call it. I always say to the patients, okay, you don't have to just sit eating Haagen-Dazs in front of me. <laughs> We're talking about adding a few nuts and some healthy. My nuts. doctor said I can sit and eat <laughs> ice cream all day long. <laughs> You can eat ice cream if you want, but um, we're really talking about small modifications. It's usually a bit more fat is very helpful Mm. in the diet when it comes to sort of people who have no periods because of strict dieting. Um, So a little bit of coconut oil, some avocados, a handful of walnuts, you know, that kind of thing. I I used to um, way back uh, be a nutrition coach and, and, when I would have people come to me and they would show me what they had been eating and I would look at their grams of fat, I'm like, absolutely not. That is so low. You are a woman, <laughs> you know, like you need more fat, like hormone health. Like it's good for you. You need this. Um, and, and or even like low carb lifestyles. I mean, it is so damaging to not have like a, a more rounded, uh, especially if you're working out all the time, you need carbs or energy, right? You do need some carbs to make reproductive hormones. And this is where there isn't a one size fits all though. Right. Because there are people with polycystic ovarian syndrome, mm-hmm. which um, is, I think is increasing. I'm seeing more and more PCOS. And I, I don't know, Crystal, whether it's just being diagnosed better and earlier, but I think we're seeing more of it. Yes. And it's a complex disorder, PCOS, because it is a metabolic disorder at its root. I always say that we wouldn't these days call it polycystic ovarian syndrome. We'd call it something more whole body, mm. um, but it's um, related to insulin resistance, which yes. then causes elevated androgens, which are predominantly male hormones, although women have androgens too, um, and um, then um, problems with ovulation and cysts on the ovary and irregular periods. And, and those people do very well on a low carb diet Um, and uh, they're the sort of exception really yeah Um, and and I've seen that then Crystal I can't bring myself to take them off carbs no (laughs) for them Um, and so what we usually negotiate is some 
um, whole grains in the morning, like quinoa for breakfast kind of thing. Um, quinoa being particularly good because it's high in protein. Um, and then at night, um, you know, chicken and veggies or, you know, salad uh, or something like that, but less carbs later in the day. And that's usually um, does the trick and people's cycles. It's amazing how when they get off a sugar cycle, the, the people with PCOS get regular cycles. It's um, And I often think the Mediterranean diet, which is high in healthy fats mm-hmm. and fish and vegetables and quite low in carbohydrates is particularly good actually um, uh, for people with PCOS. Yeah. And like you said, it's not, it's not a one size fits all approach. And one of the things I see out there, um, you know, you see someone you're like, oh, their body looks like this. Like, what are you doing? What are you eating? And then try to copy what another person is doing. And it's just, that's not, it doesn't work. It doesn't work the way. It doesn't. And it doesn't work with fertility. The way I see it sometimes, Mm -hmm. Crystal, is people come in and they're taking all sorts of herbs they read about on the internet. Yes. And and I'm a herbalist and I'm very careful because herbs make a a big difference. And so you have to be careful what you give people. And I often say, you know, why did you start taking this herb? And they say, oh, I read it was a fertility herb. And actually, Mm. if you think about it, there is no such thing as a fertility herb, just like there is no such thing as one fertility drug. It depends what's going on for you. And so what we did at Unova is um, in my book, Making Babies, Dr. David and I, as I said before, identified five fertility types. One of them is the PCOS type. We call them the waterlogged type because it's about mucus and um, uh, uh, metabolism, fluid metabolism that at its most basic, that disorder. Um, And At Unova, we have created a quiz where you can find out your fertility type and then we'll prescribe you herbs for your type. Is that something something we spend? Is that something they can do online? We spend time on lockdown doing it. Yeah, we we um when we all went home on lockdown, um, in our clinic we have a herbal pharmacy and we prescribe a tailored herbal formula for every patient. Mm. And we're proud of that. We don't pull generically from the shelf everybody's a little different and so we take their constitution into account and their fertility journey and where they are in it and we prescribe them a different herbal formula and that's quite a labor-intensive way of doing it and we wanted to provide herbs that weren't just blanket fertility herbs because Mm -hmm. there is no such thing for people who didn't see us, people in the rest of the country who didn't necessarily um, see us in person. And so we created these five fertility type formulas and you take a quiz on univacenter.com and it will tell you your fertility type and then you can have the formula for your type. And then we have added in two extra formulas, one to support the time before ovulation which is a time when your body is under the influence of estrogen and is developing an ovarian follicle and an egg and a thick, rich uterine lining. So we we have a very um, um, a lovely sort of very nourishing formula um, called BUILD uh, for that. And then after ovulation, that's a time of implantation. Your body is under the influence of progesterone, your reproductive system. And that progesterone is coming from the follicle where the egg came from. You're so women are so beautifully designed. I, mm. Men are beautifully designed too, but I, I particularly <laughs> yeah, love yeah. the way we're designed. Um, and so your ovarian follicle then produces progesterone. Uh, and we 
we developed a formula called Build for that. So we encourage people to take the fertility type quiz on yanovacenter.com and get the constitutional formula for their type plus build and boost. Sorry, I got that wrong. It's boost the one after uh, ovulation. Um, so, and that way you're replicating what we do for our patients in the clinic. We're and this is, them. anyone can go on and, and take the quiz? Yes. Yes, you can so go cool. on and do that. Um, and nobody else is doing anything like it, but this is what we've been doing in our clinic. And so yeah. it's really fun to be able to offer that broadly to people without them having to, you know, come and actually see us. They can just take the quiz, work out their type. If, the, if they're confused about their type, um, we do offer virtual fertility coaching at Unova. And like you, we've, um, uh, we've, we've got both types. We have one-on-one coaching, but we also have group. And the group I love is group coaching. <laughs> general in its coaching, but very supportive. Yeah. And every group we've ever run has continued to meet after it's an eight week course and they've continued to meet each other afterwards on Zoom. They've Don't you love that? Isn't that great? So I love that. I, I had a group program this year and, and just seeing the relationships that are formed and the, and the safety and everyone just feels so comfortable with each other. And then after they talk all the time and, and it's just so amazing that um, that's built going while well, yes. there, everyone's there for this, the same reasons, basically. Right. Yes. And then yeah. you have all that commonality and an ability mm. to understand and empathize with each other. So and good. so some people love group and, um, some people come and do an eight week coaching course with us one-on-one. And I, um, I, I'm, doing fertility coaching (laughs) I love Love it it. (laughs) the team are coaching but I'm actually also you can see me too um and we encourage people to do eight weeks because it gives us a month to watch you through your cycle Mm. and give you tips and then a month to put things right um uh, and in two months we can really see you know we can really change the trajectory it's like a little fertility boot camp really um, for two months and then people see us maybe once a month after that and we continue to prescribe them herbs and um, uh, change their treatment as as they you know get better and progress but um, a little sort of intense once a week we track you through everything we have you take a basal body temperature or there is a, a very cool app called uva that you can pee on a stick every day and it tracks all your hormones for you at home. Oh, wow. And um, I can, um, your practitioner can see your um, your results on your app at any given time. So uh, some of my coaching patients, I just leave them little notes on the app. And <laughs> I check in often on a Monday morning, I make yeah. myself a nice pot of coffee and I'm like, okay, I'm going to check all the people on the Uber app and see how they're doing. That's and so cool. I, yeah. It's I, very I mean, cool. Modern technology, man, it's so awesome that you can do, you know, that you can do something like that and just have all that data. It's so right awesome there. that you can do that at home. And um, they are about, they measure LH, which is the hormone that surges just before ovulation, and progesterone, mm. which is the hormone that surges after ovulation at the moment. But they're about to be able to measure estrogen too. So they'll measure the reproductive hormones all the way through. And then someone like me can look at the graph and see where the problems are. Yeah. And we'll start to correct them. Um, which is really very helpful. So, it, so if some, let's say hypothetically, there's someone who maybe they're not worried about about having babies, but maybe they want to get their hormones in balance. Do you do that as part yes. of? Okay. 
Yes. And I think it's a really good idea, Crystal. I often see people who come off the birth control pill um, in order to get pregnant. Don't even get me started on the birth control. And they don't, you know, when, when we start to talk, they've forgotten why they went on the birth control pill because it was so long ago. But it was often because they had painful periods or heavy periods or irregular mm-hmm. cycles or something like that. And the doctor suggested the birth control pill because it regulates the cycle. But of course, it's not treating the underlying right. cause. It's just creating a cycle. And then they forget, of course, that they have completely normal cycles because they're mm-hmm. on the pill. They go on like that throughout their whole 20s. They're fine. Right. And then somewhere in their mid-30s, they decide to come off the pill. And they have all these issues that they had before that never got solved oh, and so preach. Always tell people come off the pill early <laughs> mm-hmm. and let us troubleshoot um, and let us get you into good shape and just in general as we said before crystal your menstrual cycle is a very good warning sign oh, it's one of the first things to go so it's a very good warning sign of other things that are out of balance and so troubleshooting it usually helps you troubleshoot your whole health So we get lots of people with PMS and nobody should have PMS incidentally. It's solvable. And I I would love to make sure that people know that it's, It's, you know, and, and people don't, and and, and women don't know that they shouldn't have painful periods. And it's like, you say that to them, you're like, what? Shut up. That's not true. And it's like, no, no, painful periods. And if you do, we should troubleshoot and not just give Mm -hmm. you a painkiller. We need to know why it's a sort of circulatory issue often, Mm-hmm. And um, we can help. We can sort it out. We have Chinese herbs specifically for that. And by that, I don't mean that we have Chinese herbs you have to take every time you get a period. I always tell people we're not trying to make you dependent on us. We're trying right. to get you to a different place. And then off you go happily yeah. with your life. <laughs> <laughs> you call us when you need us. <laughs> yeah. You know, speaking to the the herbs that you you know, you do for each person, right? It's, it's individual. Um, when I got off birth control, it was years ago and, and immediately my cycle was just nuts. It was just bonkers. And after two years, okay. And I think this is something that women do as well is that we'll wait forever. We're like, it's fine. (laughs) Everything's fine. You know, two years later, my cycle is just crazy. Um, and so I went, um, like you said, I, I got a recommendation from someone else, took these herbs and, and my cycle snapped back together. But after about a year or so, um, it went back and I couldn't figure out why, you know, I thought these, I thought this herbal remedy was working. Um, and then going through this health process over the last six months, um, and, and my doctor does, you know, he's, he's a mix of Western and and, and the Chinese medicine. And he did a lot of this, um, Chinese muscle, te- you know, muscle testing and, and, and testing my body for supplements. Um, and it was so interesting to me how personal my yes. supplements were and like what worked for me and what didn't and what I should avoid and, and not. And so now I'm like, do not get supplements just because that girl on Instagram. And I was that girl on Instagram at one point. So I'm sorry, everyone, but like, don't get supplements just because someone on Instagram is telling you it worked for them. Uh, because things like that, they're very personal and and everyone is different. And so I love this quiz. Yes, yes, because you can actually divide people up into five major types. We, uh, when Dr. David and I combined our knowledge, 
um, him west and me east. And we, we, we looked at the types of patients we see. We see some that are somewhat estrogen dominant in relation to progesterone. We call those the stuck type. They have PMS and breast tenderness. Sometimes they have things more serious disorders like endometriosis and uterine fibroids. And then we have people with low estrogen. We call them the dry type. They look a little menopausal. They're having hot flashes and vaginal dryness, but um, it, it's solvable. They're sort of perimenopausal often, but mm. they can get pregnant with the right advice and then we have a type we called the pale type because they have a very pale tongue and those are the undernourished over exercisers under eaters that we just talked about <laughs> have the tired type which are the um, metabolically sluggish mm-hmm. um, people who need sugar to pick them up wake up groggy feel tired at three need some mm-hmm. sugar and um, those people and then we have the waterlogged type which is a type for the PCOS patients because we saw um, so many of them we also, though, oh, um, haven't talked about it, but you were a nutritional coach. Um, mm. Diet is so important for, yeah, yeah, it can make a huge difference. And it's one of the few things you do for yourself that you can make really big changes to your hormones doing. And while we were on lockdown, and we had time and we worked through our wish list of things that we always wished we had time to do. <laughs> I created a, um, I collaborated with a company called The Daily Dose. You can find them at dailydoselife.com. And I created a fertility diet for them. And mm. they deliver your food anywhere in the um, uh, United States. So sadly, not Hawaii and Alaska, but everywhere else. It comes twice a week. It's all in eco packaging. Even the stuff that looks like plastic is actually made from grass Mm. and it has no BPAs in it. And uh, it is the perfect fertility diet. It has bone broth that's brewed with special herbs and um, the diet changes every week. But the patients this week are telling me that they have royal jelly in almond donuts this week as snacks. Um, Because royal jelly is a traditional fertility tonic and the lovely people at the Daily Dose have made these gorgeous um, donuts that are are sugar-free donuts that are um, sweetened with um, uh, a natural uh, sweetener and um, they have royal jelly baked into them. So they're kind of a jelly donut, but not really because they're really good for you. Um, And so that is a new thing. It launched last month. And um, patients are taking pictures of their food and sending it to me. And um, I actually got some. I'm too old to get pregnant at this point, but they sent me, the Daily Dose sent me some of the fertility diet. And it was my husband and I ate it with great relish. It was yummy. It, oh. it has very good quality protein. And one of the things I love about them, Crystal, is they're sourcing everything from small farms that have sustainable farming practices, not big family, uh, not big um, uh, factory farms. And so the food, from our point of view as Chinese medicine practitioners, has chi in it. It's full of energy. And it's lots and lots of colorful fruits and veggies. It's low carb, but not carb free. Um, It's no sugar, no dairy, nothing inflammatory, basically, Mm. because inflammation can stop implantation of the embryo. Um, And lots of fertility superfoods and herbs cooked into the the food um, and um, it you can choose which I really like how many days a week you get it delivered because you know how you do want to eat out sometimes yeah. <laughs> you don't want to so you can have it seven days a week or five days a week or three days a week and mm-hmm. I like that flexibility very much so that you can still have a, your normal life 
This is like such a gold mine of information. If you guys are listening to this, I hope you're taking notes because a gold mine of information. If you could just say one thing to the woman struggling to get pregnant, struggling with her fertility, what would that be? Um, don't give up. Mm. There is solution. There is solution. When I look back over my career, which is almost 25 years now, um, almost everybody ended up with a baby, actually. Mm. And I reassure myself of that on difficult days where a patient's had a miscarriage or something, and I feel so incredibly sorry for them. Um, But something works. So keep seeking solution. Support your whole health. Mm -hmm. It's important to see a doctor if you're not getting pregnant. I send people straight away to get good fertility testing, you know, and identify what's going wrong. Um, but don't get over-medicated too quickly. Start to seek whole body solution. Remember a whole person gets pregnant and a healthy baby is resourced by a, a healthy couple. Uh, so, um, oh, and don't forget men. Men mm. get forgotten in this, but the biggest cause of secondary infertility, which is not being able to have your second baby is actually male factor. And men think that if they've ever got anyone pregnant, even if it was in high school, that that must mean they're fertile. But actually, their fertility changes a lot depending on their lifestyle and the pressures on them. So um, uh, don't forget to uh, look at the male partner in all of this as well. Um, But don't give up. I know it's very depressing every month to get your period. And so you have hope and then it's crushed, hope and then it's crushed. It's very arduous. And a lot of my job coaching is keeping people moving forward, you know, and looking forward and progressing as we sort of navigate towards their goal. It's just lots of little course correction as we get there. But don't give up because um, when I look back, most people, it was a rarity that someone didn't have a baby in the end. Amazing. You are amazing. Uh, We like to end things on a quote. Do you have a quote for us you can share? Well, I actually, having um, talked about not giving up, I'm going to share a Winston Churchill quote. And I know I'm British, but I'm not a big Winston Churchill person. But he he did say, when you're going through hell, keep going. (laughs) And I think that having told people not to give up and keep seeking solution, when you're going through hell, keep going. Um, You know, let's keep moving forward. So perfect. Where can um, our listeners find you, find Unova, find all of the good stuff that you're offering? You can find us at Unova, Y-I-N-O-V-A center.com. And um, we have a very lively blog. We've been blogging since 2005. So we have a lot going on there. You can find us on social, Unova. Um, We're particularly active on um, Instagram. And um, you can find my books at the Innova website, but you can also find them in all good bookstores and online. Um, uh, And the latest book is Energy Medicine, The Science and Mystery of Healing. And my fertility book is called Making Babies, a proven three-month program for maximum fertility. Yes. And if you guys want to listen to the podcast episode that Dr. Jill and I did before, it is episode 71. And we discussed her book, Energy Medicine, which is amazing. I highly recommend it. Thank you so much for coming back and and being with us and just sharing like your wealth of information and experience. It was just so wonderful to have you. And I know that there's going to be so many listening to this that are just going to, they're going to get so much out of it. So thank you. Thank you so much, Crystal. It's always so fun to talk to you.
If this episode hit with you, please go out there and share it. Share it in your Instagram stories, send it to a friend who might need it, or even just drop in my DMs on Instagram at Rose and let me know what you think. I love hearing from you guys. Thanks for listening.